0: So today, I'm ending our series on giving thanks by faith. And uh, I've got something that I've been working on in these few weeks as I've taught this message that I want to see, I I just want to see the nail driven down into this really strong, to where it's solid inside of you. And I want you to be able to take this away today and really apply it in your own life. Because as I've said in these last few weeks, there's not anything in life you cannot thank your way out of. But you have to understand how and when thanksgiving is a weapon to use in your life to cause you to overcome situations that you face. Um, and and today, I'm, I'm going to factor one last thought into this series that, that I want you to take, and it, it has to do with... It has to do with... And, and when I say this, it may... Um, you may think one thing, but, but I'm going to apply it, I feel like, in a little bit different way. But one of the things that keeps you and I out of a thankful attitude and having a thankful heart is self-pity. And, and with self-pity, and you wouldn't think so, with self-pity comes a spirit of entitlement. And um, today... I, I I, want to show you because what you need is to be able to overcome in every situation there shouldn't be anything in life that you cannot overcome if your faith and your confidence is in the ability of God to work in your life my faith and confidence isn't going to be in my faith My, my faith and confidence is going to be in how real God is and how God will come through in everything I come th- that I go through. He will lead me through it. That's right. So these two foundational scriptures that we've looked at, 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory... Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says something similar. But we've used these because they're good reminders for us at times when we have opportunity to be ungrateful, to be complaining, to be just thinking about ourselves when God wants us with thanksgiving in our mouths. Amen. But thanks be to God who gives me the victory. Verse 14 but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Like there's a fragrance about somebody that is like, it's, it's like all odds are stacked against you and you're going to praise him and he comes through And who gets the glory when he comes through? He does. And when God gets the glory, you smell. (laughs) You smell good. When God gets the glory for something, there's a fragrance about you that is like no other. What's the candle place over in Fredericksburg? What is it? Circle E. Anybody ever been to Circle E and walked into Circle E? And the moment you walk into Circle E, you have 500 different smells going up your nose. Right? Or however many candles, how many types they have. Man, all of these fra- these. But, but when you get one and you, you take the top off and you stick it in your nose, man, that distinct smell. Oh, man, I like that. And that's what happens with us when we get around people, when we've experienced and allowed the grace and the power of God to work in and through our lives. I was reading a story one day about a guy that was, he he had been attacked in his body with some kind of a disease. And in the story that I read, he talked about almost pridefully talked about how he had never been a sick a day in his life. And later on in his life, this thing hit him and attacked his body, and it just like took him out. And it was the story, somebody else writing this story about this guy, but telling, talking about what, what this guy experienced and what he went through and how he just couldn't handle it. And I feel like it's the same thing in what we're going to talk about and and what I'm going to drive home today, is that a lot of times people don't know what attacks are like. That guy's body didn't know what sickness was like or attack was like. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed, right? But there are attacks that come against the physical body that are common to mankind. And when your body's been trained with a headache and you've learned how to overcome that, when something bigger comes, your body's more apt to be able to overcome because it's been trained. Well, spiritual attacks the same way. If everything is just perfect and we live our life to try to make everything perfect, I wasn't created to live the perfect life. I was created to live a life hungering and thirsting after righteousness and who God is. That's what we were created to do. Not the perfect life. I was, from the time I can remember, I was raised in the golf business. And uh, my dad was a golf pro, my uncle was a golf pro, and so I ended up being a golf pro, and I went through the you know, through the years, playing golf and doing all that I did with golf. And uh, so I've just always had a love for the game. I like that game. Some people sitting here, you don't even know what golf is, you know. But I had a love for the game of golf. And, uh, you know, through the years, when Tiger Woods came on the scene, he was great. And he wasn't just great, he was like really great. I mean, he was Above and beyond, I mean, everybody knows him, and actually he's, he's acknowledged as one of the top athletes ever in the history of the world, one of the top athletes, not just golfers, but athletes. And, and he came along in, in a time when, when golf, like, like I was a basketball player also, but I didn't play basketball because my golf coach didn't want me to lift weights because it would mess with my golf swing. Your arms will get too tight, and you'll do, you know your body will be too tight, and it'll restrict your swing. So in my day, they didn't want us to do that. Well, Tiger Woods, and you know not just him, but uh, there were others, Tiger Woods came along and uh, he defied all that and, and had the buff body and all those kind of things, and had the amazing swing and, and the rest is history. But along the way, um, everything. From day one in his life, with his father who raised him, and, and, uh, and all he did was play golf. He didn't do anything else but play golf. He practiced all the time from the time he was three years old. He did nothing else. I mean, he played other sports or did stuff, but not seriously. All he did was play golf and practice golf. And so he got into college and had a golf scholarship, and he, and he did great there, and, and then he real quickly, didn't even finish college and went into the pros, and he started winning right away, and, 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 and just won, 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 everything, and then millions and millions of dollars, and, and, and everything was just copacetic all along. Everything was just a certain way, and there, there, there really wasn't any resistance or anything against his life, and he became, he got to a place where he felt like, and I've heard him t- uh, give testimony of this, that he felt like he was invincible. He's Tiger Woods. He's worth millions and even into the billions of dollars. He can do anything that he wants. And he got caught in infidelity and doing some things that in the natural you think you had everything. You had everything. Why would you waste it on something like this? I mean, you had a beautiful wife, you had children, and why would you waste that? Because he didn't see what he already had, right? But three days ago, after his wife almost killed him with a nine iron, and uh, he's been out of golf, in and out of golf for a long period of time, about three days ago, he played his first golf tournament. And I know guys that are in that are in the professional world that not just, not just direct people that know him but indirect and, and there's all kinds of relationships and, and, and people are saying that he's had a real turn of heart and that there's been in some, in some type of way there's been kind of a remorse and a repentance in himself. I'm not saying he's born again or anything like that but there's been a turning in his heart and as a result of that turning things are getting better for him. And I want you to think about that story as I read these two passages of Scripture today to make my point about self-pity and selfishness and entitlement that so many people have that hinder them and keep them from realizing what they really already have. Can you say amen? amen? So look at 2 Corinthians 4 and verse... Eight, and we look, We looked at this um, in one of our other messages. Maybe it was last week that I shared this. Also, that I read out of this passage. I want to read it one more time. Um, we are hard pressed, verse eight, on every side. Yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. Verse 15, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't lose heart. So, here is a process that has to do with things that are common to man. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple examples. <clears throat> so, let's say you've, and, and finances is always a good one to talk about because everybody probably at one time or another has struggled in the financial realm. I mean, m- most people have I mean, Well, some people haven't. I have a good friend that, that he didn't, well, anyway, I won't go into that. But um, s- some people maybe haven't, but most people have. And so, let's say that, <clears throat> You you don't have two nickels to rub together. You're driving down the road, and your tire blows out. First thing that your mind thinks about, how am I going to pay for it? How am I going to pay for the tire? So, if you've never been trained how to deal with adversity, the first words out of your mouth are going to be, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay for this? Where am I going to get the money? Man, if I have to, if I have to you know, that tire is going to cost $120 and, and I've got to pay this bill. And, and, and you, you, you could be on the side of the road sitting in your car and you're voicing all those things. Why? Because you don't know how to deal with adversity. But if you've been taught how to deal with verse adversity, here's an opportunity to put it to work. Now watch me. So your tire blows out, you roll over to the side of the road, But thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. Thanks be to God who leads me in triumph. Thanks be to God. Father, I thank you right now. Lord, I know I've been going through some things. I know that money is short, but I know you have everything. And you have the way to everything. And so, Lord, today I just thank you not for the flat tire. I'm not thanking you for the flat tire. But I'm thanking you for your provision in the midst of what I'm facing. And right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that wisdom is coming to me so I know what to do. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. If you learn to have those type of comments coming out of your mouth, if you learn to take the word that way and you direct that toward God, you can thank your way out of anything. And why? Why? Listen to me. See, you're not going to thank God like that and then Federal Reserve notes are going to do this. I thank God and then Federal Reserve notes are going to fly out of heaven. And Heaven doesn't deal in Federal Reserves. Everybody say, thank God. He, they don't deal in that. But what will come to you in the time of thanksgiving, what will come to you is wisdom from God about what to do. Because God gave you a helper. He didn't give you a doer. The Holy Spirit will not do things for you, but he'll help you to do what you need to do. And what I don't have the ability to do, what I have the ability to do is roll over to the side of the road with a flat tire and complain for the rest of the day. I can do that. Or, I can pull over to the side of the road, begin to thank and worship God, and thank him for the wisdom about what to do in this situation. Now see, for one person, a $120 tire could be a challenge. Someone else, well, they could buy the four, set, the, the, the four tires and it's nothing to them or whatever. You, you see, everything is relative. It doesn't matter where you're at, okay? You, you, could, be, you could be a person that, you know, I, I read stories about you know, billionaires and a lot of times they have real ungrateful attitudes toward people that serve them. Well, you didn't, you didn't pamper me right. You didn't, you didn't put uh, the whipped cream on top of my hot chocolate the way I wanted, to, I wanted a little heart in there, and you did that, and you fire him because of it. Ungrateful attitude. And yet, somebody with nothing can become that billionaire if he develops a thankful heart in the little things so that his life evolves into something where no matter how much or what they have, they're no different because God is their source. You see, we 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 just see so somebody somebody can be worth billions and have a grateful heart and, and they got it God's way, or people can have it and they got it their way and they got all that stuff, but they have ungrateful hearts. See, and sooner or later that will produce. Because as long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest time, and whatever a man sows, that will he reap. Ask Matt Lauer. But we're not going to harp on Matt Lauer, okay? Ask all the other hundreds of people with sexual issues and harassment issues that are coming out all over the all over the place. You will reap what you sow. If you don't repent and turn from your ways, it's a. It, it, actually, listen. The gospel is so simple that we miss it. But these things that happen where you're pressed but not out. You've been tripped and you fell down but you can get back up. See, those things are all common to mankind. It happens to everybody. Everybody. I don't care who you are, everybody's been kicked, everybody's been down, everybody's been kicked when they're down, everybody's gone through something, people have been deceived, people have been lied to, people have lied, done all these different things. These are just things common to mankind. Everybody take a deep breath. Whew. It's common to man. But God. And what separates between, you know, if you will, the men and the boys, people that are going to be serious or not serious, what separates that is what you choose to do in the difficult times. And what you choose to do when you hear a word like this today, do you just walk away from it? Well, you know, that guy's an idiot. He did not even know what he's talking about. Yeah, but what if I'm right? See, if I'm right, you need to take what I said and then go do something with it. See, if you'll take what I say today, the scriptures I say, There are all kinds of people that could preach this more eloquently than I could, okay? But if you, there's nobody that has it more in their heart than I do, I promise you. But if you take this word and you do something with it, the Holy Spirit will help you to understand what it means for you. Because what it means to me can be something different than what it means to you, but the Holy Spirit will show you exactly what you need to know about this, and especially the story I'm going to read you that I'm going to end this message with. Luke chapter 15. This is an old story that most everybody that's heard anything about the Bible has heard this story. Whether you go to church, whether you're saved or not saved or whatever, most people have heard something about this story, but my goodness, has this story been butchered through the years. Lord, have mercy. Luke chapter 15. So, I'm going to read this story, okay? It's from verse 11 to verse 32. And I'm going to make a couple of comments, but I'm just going to read it through and make a few comments along the way that are going to make the points that I want to make. Then he said, there was a certain man that had two sons, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided it to them, his livelihood. Now, you may not think so, but I'm telling you that this parable that Jesus spoke here, the father here is is like his father. The father here is like our spiritual father, like father, father, like the big guy. Amen. The example here is of him. Now this is how a father operates. I've had to learn from this story some of the mistakes I made as an earthly father and had to make corrections because I didn't I I didn't do as this father did. Because when you look at this, you kind of feel like this guy was just he was just a little guy and he was kind of weak and weak-spirited and didn't have much going on in his life and he just kind of gave in and son took advantage of him and son was an idiot and his his father didn't choose to uh, direct anything in his direction and he you know just let him get away with all kinds of things but i don't think so i think number one this guy's highly successful businessman that made a boatload of money okay watch this So the son is asking him, Father, um, I want my inheritance. I I want whatever you would give me when you're dead. I want it now. Um, The last part of that 12th verse. So he, the father, divided to who? Them. Them. Them who? Him and his brother. So he decides to divide not only to the one that asked for it, but to the one that didn't even ask for it. So he goes 50 50 and gives both of them their inheritance. And so, and not many days after, but it was a few days after, maybe six weeks, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. So, Over that six-week period of time, notice he didn't tell the father what he was going to do. Dad, I want half of my possessions to go and squander it on riotous living. He didn't say that. It said he built a plan. He didn't know if daddy was going to give it to him. But father gave him the inheritance. Do you and I have an inheritance from God? And you know what it is? All of heaven. And the Bible says, heaven came to earth through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, lives in you and I. So where is heaven? It's right in us. It's there, it's in us. It's there, it's in us. Heaven is here. Amen? Amen? Verse 14, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land and began to be in want. The devil set you up every single time. Verse 15. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he gladly, and, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, when he came to himself, when he came to himself, he said, "When he came to himself, he said, "Many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and, and, enough and to spare, and I perish here with hunger. I will arise, go to my father." And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I am, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He came to himself, and before he went to his father, what did he do? He repented. He humbled himself. He humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. This is a representation of the Father. He humbled himself, and he said, I will come back. I've screwed up. Remember I told you this story about Tiger Woods? He screwed up. If he's really made a change within himself, if he really has, and he's back playing, and then golf's going to open up, and things are going to open up for him because his heart has changed. If he's really changed, things will happen. In this guy's situation, the Bible says he came to himself. One translation says he repented of all his past deeds. He repented. He humbled himself in this situation. He came back. He came back to where he was. I have to say, That through the years, I don't think I can count on one hand where I have seen people that have screwed up been able to admit that they screwed up and go back to where they started before they screwed up. Why? Pride. Hmm? Pride is all about me. Pride is all about the way I want it. When repentance will take you to a place, true repentance will take you to a place that you've never been before and exalt you in places you never even dreamed would happen. Because what you're saying is, Lord, I I, I screwed up. (laughs) Common to man. Why Jesus died. Lord, I screwed up. I come to you and I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for what Jesus has accomplished for me. And I thank you today that in the name of Jesus, because I'm forgiven, that you forgive me and I'm able to, to, move, to stand up and move on and begin to make the changes that I need to make in my life. I thank you that Holy Spirit that you've given me is empowering me to be able to accomplish those things. But pride will keep you from realizing what is already yours. Now watch. Um, He arose, he came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion. (laughs) Just picture this. He ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. I I mean, his dad, I mean, can you see his dad? There he is, he's about where Fabian is right there. And his dad sees him, and he takes one of those leaps, and he falls on him, and he starts kissing him on his neck. My son has returned. See, what the father, it wasn't so much that the father saw him, but the father saw his repentance. Repentance. There was something about him, his whole character, his nature, his, his expressions. Everything about him had changed. There was a repentance in his life. Oh, my gosh, my son has returned. Watch. And the son said, uh, uh, Father, I've, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And, and the father interrupts him. Yeah, okay, all that. And the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Let us party time! My son has returned. He was lost, and now he's come to his senses. He was lost and in sin, he's repented, and now it's as though he never did it ever in his life. That's what true repentance is. You know what, God? I screwed up. That's why, listen, this thankful thing is so important. What what, what did I say last week? The more you thank God, the more of the grace of God is made available in your life because you're aware of the grace. And the more grace, the more thanksgiving. And the more thanksgiving, the more grace. Grace. And the more grace, the more thanksgiving, and what happens as a result of that, what that equals is true humility. And true humility causes you to realize everything that is yours today when you were blinded and you couldn't see clearly and you were focused on what you didn't have instead of what you did have in Him. And when you've repented, now your eyes are open and you can see everything that He's done for you. And because you've repented and and you've come under His mighty hand, now He's exalting you and He's making your life into a life you didn't even realize in your natural mind that you could have. It's a life above and beyond anything that your natural mind can even imagine when you get aligned. For this son was dead. Now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. And man, they begin to have a party. Verse 25. Now the older son... Hmm. He had been sweating down all day long, working, 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 working. And as he came near the house, he heard music, (laughs) and he heard dancing. They must have been clogging back then. He heard the music, and he heard the dancing. I don't know how you can hear dancing, but he heard the dancing. I mean, he heard it all because he was just enraged. Watch what it says about him. And he called one of the servants and he asked, what does all this mean? he said to them, your brother's come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Like, this is, the, this is a major celebration. But man, was he angry. And he would not come in, therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. But he still wouldn't come in. Listen to me. When you're not thankful, most of the time you're angry. And when he found out about his brother, instead of being thankful that his brother came home, all he could think about was himself. Self-pity will cloud you. It will cloud your vision from seeing what you already have. Did the father not already divide the inheritance to him it was already his and in the story here as we read it it all it says the father tells him what is yours available everything that i have is yours has our heavenly father through his word shown us that everything that he says is his is ours and jesus said it himself The Father's given me everything, and now he's given me to give it to you so that you can have everything that you need in life, but we have to get it his way. I promise you that brother, he was fuming about that little brother every day. That stinking little rat leaving here and making me work all the time and you know, and you know what you know what it says. You know what that says. And get me when I say this. This is hard. He didn't deserve a thing. Man, how many people have you said Tiger Woods doesn't deserve Jack? But he does if he repents and he changes his heart. Why? Not because of his actions or the non-actions but because the love that the Father has for you and me. Oh, thanks be to God that God doesn't have a list of all my ridiculous mistakes that I've made. He's not checking them off. Hmm? Gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Not my Father. All he sees is the blood of Jesus. That's why we have to preach messages like this that sometimes can be a little difficult. And, you know, I used to be concerned how people might take it, but I don't anymore, you know. I, I'm not preaching this to make somebody mad. I, I, it just has to be preached. We, we, got, we have to get free. We have to rise above the things that are, want to take us down. And the only way that will get you there is to, thanks be to God who always leads me in triumph no matter what it looks like it may not be tomorrow it may not be next week it may not be next month or next year but bless God I'm coming out because the blood of Jesus has already empowered me to come out and I'm going to do it by every day if I have a flat tire and I don't have two nickels to rub together I'm thanking God not for the flat tire but his provision that's going to lead me out of this situation and teach me how to overcome the next thing and the next thing and the next thing until I'm worth billions or whatever Did you hear me? If we don't see it that way, we implode. You weren't created to work this thing out by yourself. You were created to need help. Ah, I can do it on my own. You're a recipe for disaster. You need God. You need the Holy Spirit. You need His help. Listen to me. You don't know what you don't know And you don't know everything that is already yours if you've not developed an attitude that is being turned and directed towards what God's will is for your life versus what it appears like life's will is for you. Because life's will ultimately will end in destruction. God's will, we read it over the children today. Before the foundation of the world, he had a plan for you. And it was to have hope and an expected end and an amazing final outcome. Yeah, but Pastor, I've had some struggles. Yeah, but it's not over. All that matters is where you're at at the end. And you want to hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you know what? It could be the last year of your life on planet Earth that you begin to repent and make the turn when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. If your heart is repented, God didn't see any of that. You know how we know that? Because when you read the Old Testament about Abraham, you see all his dirty laundry, all the mistakes he made. But you look at Abraham in the light of the New Testament, you don't see one dirty thing about the guy. Man, you see him as the father of faith. He's the man of God. took him 25 years to get to the place where he could actually embrace and receive what God really wanted to use him with. So it doesn't matter how long things take. All that matters is don't quit. Keep developing this heart of thanksgiving by faith in God and watch what God will do. I, all I can promise you is God's never let me down and he'll never let you down if you just stay with him. And the way out of every situation is a heart of thanksgiving. Can you say amen? So, you know the rest of the story. I won't finish it. Um, I want to say this and I want you to say this with me today. So, how, how many you have you have the Bible app in your phone? Lift your hand if you have a Bible app in your phone, okay? So, go in there where you can search and type in different words to find different passages of Scripture. And go in your Bible app and type this in. I did this the other day. Type in, we have. Not not Now focus on what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I should have said not now. Do that later on. Just type in, we have. And what God's telling you today is, from today on, your focus is not going to be on what we don't have, but what we have. And I'll just give you a couple of them. Um, Romans 5, in, in the first two or three verses says, we have the peace of God oh man, God, thank you for the peace. And man, if you live in this world, what you do, you wouldn't be sitting here. There's many days when there's the lack of peace apparent, but God's given us peace, and the chastisement of our peace was on him, and by his stripes we're healed, and we can know that. Right? We have healing. We have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We have prosperity. We have... The, uh, Uh, 1 Corinthians says we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We can think the thoughts of God. We have the wisdom of God. Proverbs 7 says we have the wisdom of God. Uh, Philippians says we can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Not through my own ability but through Him. I can do it all. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Today, God wants you To begin to thank him, thanks be to God who always leads me into that place of triumph when I change what I say. By your words are you justified? By your words are you condemned? Death and life are in the power of what comes out of your mouth for your life. You want new direction in your life? Begin to change the things that you say over your life. Do not declare what circumstances look like. Begin to declare what God says you have a right to have today. So say those things after me. I have peace today, right now. I have healing today, right now. I have prosperity today, right now. I have the mind of Christ today, right now. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. I have that at my disposal, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God praise today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. Amen. Never let your present circumstances dictate to you your future. Always let what God says about you be the last thing on your mind when you go to sleep, the first thing coming out of your mouth when you get up in the morning. And all through the day, in the morning, in the noontime, in the evening, declare what rightfully belongs to you, what you have, and not meditate on what you don't have. Can you say amen? I promise you, I promise you, 110% God will come through for you if you stay with his plan. Amen.